Hi, welcome to Clitterly Speaking, the podcast. I'm Michelle Doherty. And I'm Emily Lane. We are BFFs dedicated to bringing you conversations between girlfriends over a bottle of wine. Oh, I am so excited about the wine part. Oh, me too. So pull up a chair, grab your glass, and let's get talking. Well, hello there, Emily. How are you today? Well, hello there, Michelle. I am fabulous. Thank you. How are you? I am va- I'm great as well. Yeah. yeah what, a, what, a, what a lovely coincidence that we we're both so fabulous. We're fabulous. And, yeah. we're gonna, and we're about to record another episode of a podcast. I, I, we are recording another episode. <laughs> oh, that's right. We are. <laughs> we are yeah, I'm we so are. fabulous. I don't even know what we're doing yet. <laughs> the wine is already taking hold. I've had one sip. One sip of it. Um, but yeah, you've been, you've, been, you've been doing well. Absolutely. You've been really, really busy. I'm... Um, you know, I like you, I'm an overachiever. I like to take on as much as I possibly can and then more. So right. I've gotten myself signed up for another musical and, a, and wow. another um, a, and then a, another theatrical production on top of that. And of course, all of the ventures and literally speaking. So I'm one busy lady. Do you sleep? Um, yeah, really, really well. Because oh. by the time I finally go to bed, I'm just like... Exhausted. I'm totally... Yeah, I'm out. So yeah. Well, good. Mm-hmm. And how about you? Well, um, yeah, so this week has been a little, it was a little emotional. My 20-year-old mm-hmm. moved down to live with his dad in Florida. So I had that bittersweet uh, saying goodbye at the airport and, you know, tearing up as I'm driving to the airport. Uh, but uh, it's going to mm-hmm. be, it's going to be really great for him, you know, to be at the beach and live down there and, you know, see, see a little bit more of the world and, and work on getting, you know, his life path, um, uh, situated. And I told my youngest, who's, you know, 16, when he, when we dropped off uh, Jacob at the airport, and I was, of course, crying in the car. And, and I told William, I said, just get ready, because I think I'm going to start crying next month for when you leave in, in 18, 19 months, you know. And, yeah, and I said, just, just deal with me in my random tears. So, um, yeah. So, was... Jacob also sad or? Well, you know, it's that the reason it's bittersweet is because, yes, you're sad to say goodbye, but you're also excited about an opportunity. Mm -hmm. And I was sad to say goodbye, but I was also excited for him. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, be able to have the top floor of the house to myself again. <laughs> so I so I have an ensuite bathroom. You know, that's not really yeah. an ensuite, but you know, to be able to have that kind of freedom again is it's the is sweet nice. part of bitter, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yes. But oh. but other than that, you know, we're we're doing okay. You but, know, it's just glad to be here. Very excited yeah. about our guest that we have today, Hallie Lieberman, the author of Buzz, a sim a stimulating history of the sex toy. Hello, Hallie, welcome. Hey, <laughs> we are so happy to be having you in studio and um, are absolutely just thrilled with the research that you do and um, love how open and free you are um, and honest you are about women's sexuality and your own sexuality and, and what a gift this book is. Yeah, it's the, the book that keeps on giving <laughs> um, over and over and over. But before we get into like the, the juicy details, um, mm-hmm. And uh, let's, uh, what wine are we drinking? Let's I need get to into know. a different kind of juice. Yeah. So today we are drinking a wine from Argentina. It's called Zaha uh, Toco Vineyard. This is a Cabernet Franc from 2016. And um, well, you and I both had a little precept before the show. And I've got to say, 
I'm really excited about this wine. I think it's appropriate for our conversation because it's juicy. <laughs> um, and it moans. You moan when you're drinking I it. I definitely moan when I smell it and drink it. So yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm getting on the nose just lots of um, dark, dark, juicy fruit. I'm getting currant and cherries and all kinds of, you know, blackberry and plums and some pepper and some herbs. And then on the palate, I, you know, I think this has got some really nice structure. It's really smooth, vanilla, um, a little kind of a grilled meat kind of thing going on, a little balsamic-y, some, again, pepper and blackberry. This is, I'm, I'm looking forward to tasting this as, as the show goes on because we just opened this. I think there's going to be more that evolves out of it. Yeah, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were only, we're, we're like 15 minutes, the bottle's open. Mm-hmm. And it's fantastic already. So what I'm I'm kind of thinking and seeing right now is um, it's a pair of panties that have holes in all the right places. <laughs> <laughs> that is so appropriate for this show. Yeah. 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 I mean, a pair of black panties and it just, you know, it's, it's just decorative mm-hmm. panties, but they have holes in all the right places. So you can still have them on while you're having great sex. I wonder when the very first pair of panties came out that had you know, interesting holes in the right places. Research topic. (laughs) Yeah, that's a research topic. I wish I knew the answer to it. Like that is, is a good research. Mm -hmm. (laughs) To the research on, uh, on the evolution of the panty here (laughs) and, and and its importance. Cause you know, it's gotta be equally as interesting as, as your book buzz. Mm -hmm. So before we get into all of your all of the wonderful things that we talk that you talk about in your book. Um, would you just give us a like little brief history of who you are, and you know how you got to writing this book? Yeah. So um, let's see. I grew up in Pittsburgh, in Florida, and um, I started getting interested in sex. Well, like as a four-year-old, I ran around the house shouting "penis." <laughs> so that was the beginning of my interest in penises. I didn't know about dildos. Were you were you an only child? Did you have to like what? How did you become familiar with the penis at four? Probably I had an older brother, so maybe that's okay. it. Okay, two and a half years older. I'll blame him. Um, and uh, yeah, and so that's when it because. I thought it was at seven when it started and I was telling my mom this and she's like, Oh no, you're wrong. It was four. Okay. (laughs) Fine. I'll take that. And, um, so I've always been interested in it and my interest in sex toys arose and I talk about this in the book when, um, I was 11 years old and staying at Sugarloaf Lodge in Florida. And I stumbled upon what I thought was a pencil sharpener, but ended up finding out was a vibrator. My mom wow. was so freaked out uh, when How I held it just up. How did you stumble I, upon this? Like, was it like in your hotel room, like left yeah. behind? So I was looking. So I always like when I go in a hotel room, I open every single drawer. I still do this today. So like looking for like the Bible or looking for weird stuff left behind. Um, once I found um, we were staying in a lesbian hotel, which we didn't realize it. But instead of a Bible, we found a Martina Navratilova biography. <laughs> which was like really appropriate. Um, but this, it was very, but then that's a whole nother story. But anyway, yeah. so this one, um, I was just looking through stuff and I found, I was like, yes. You know, I finally found something in the bottom drawer and like whatever I found was like treasure. 
And so then when I pulled it out and it was cylindrical, I just didn't know what it was. And then right. my mom's reaction was so strong and like, put that away. Don't touch it. I knew the, the device had power. <laughs> and, once I, and yeah, once I found out what it was later, it really started my interest in sex toys. Wow. 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 Yeah. As a parent, I've been on the on the other side where your mom is. And my yeah. we had sent my daughter, she was probably four or five, and she was looking for something, some kind of sock or whatever. I was like, oh no, it's just upstairs in the drawer. That's fine. Just go get it. Uh-huh. And she comes walking down the stairs and she's holding like the vibrator, but it's more like the dildo, right? The long thing. And she's like, is this it? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> No, no. I, 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 like, I totally, you know, could feel how your mom was. Like, no, that's not the sock, you know. And you know, took it back that's upstairs. My screwdriver. And I said, <laughs> then I was like, you know what? I'm never, ever sending children unaccompanied into a bedroom to look for something in a drawer. I will yeah. do that to my. I, I learned that. I'll do that myself. Well- where did your, I'm always interested in where people keep their sex toys. Like, did you keep it under the socks? Was that like your, or did you have a dedicated drawer? Well, so this was when I was still married. And so okay. he was the keeper of it. Um, he was okay. the keeper of it? That's really? interesting. So, yeah, That's really interesting. He also like purchased the first ones I've ever oh. had. And I hated them because they were just, they were just like that long, you know, cylinder you know, it wasn't very um, accommodating. It was it was very sterile. And so when we got divorced, I made him take those with him, too, because I didn't want those around. <laughs> you wanted to be in charge you. of your own selection. Yeah, and then I, yeah. then I, you know, started stumbling upon the whole, like, wow, there's a whole lot more. Oh, and they actually look like penises, and um, and they offer a lot more... Uh, more pleasure. Although I did, I did go to one of those sex toy parties, like mm-hmm. you reference in the book that you sold yeah. for the tep- you know, the Tupperware ones. And uh, as you, I was reading the the first p- chapter, I'm like, oh, I, I bought that. Oh, I bought that. <laughs> I bought that. And so the first one that I that I like chose for myself, even though he had chose those, you know, metal like. I don't know, they're just more steel and, and like a really fat pencil, right? Like a really long yeah. pencil. And it, you know, turned on at the bottom and you know, vibrated, you know. With, um, I know I, exactly. Oh. I bought the rabbit with the pearls. Mm. Oh. And I was like, so I kept that when we got divorced. That like, one no. was kind of groundbreaking in its day, wasn't it? Yeah. It really was. It came out in like 1980. It was imported from Japan. And so that, um, it didn't get popularized until Sex in the City in 1998. Mm, right. But they existed since then, totally groundbreaking because they had the dual stimulation for like the clit and inside the vagina, like yeah. sort of spot. And yeah, and they're so cute and they have a little face on it because you couldn't sell sex toys um, in Japan. Like you couldn't manufacture them. So they pretended they were dolls by oh putting a face on them. That's like part, one of the creepy things that in reading the book and learning about was that sort of, um, you know, making it an, a, what's the uh, word? Like a doll, like a, like yeah. a, ooh, ooh, yeah. ooh. like who wants, who wants Hello Kitty? Yeah. <laughs> Inside Hello Kitty. her. Probably ooh, started yeah. as it, right? Yeah, well, no, Hello Kitty sex toys are still around. And then there, yeah, there are all these. And, and a new thing that's really popular are all the pop culture sex toys. The ones made to look like Thor's, like, hammer or, like, the, um, d- like, penis of, like, Superman or whatever, you know. So, like, you weird. have a whole Avengers, uh, the Avengers yeah, yeah, set? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Wow. Pop culture it's sex called, toys. 
geeky sex toys they make those and then cthulhu sex toys are a whole nother thing and monster sex toys okay so cthulhu (laughs) you'll have to like email me that spelling so that we can have it correct correct yeah in our in our and then there's the ones that lay eggs the sex toys and like a whole game of thrones dragon i mean it's all over the place crazy so, um, wow. when uh, you, you got a fascination for sex toys at a young age, um, when did you actually purchase your first one and what one was it? The first sex toy. Okay. So it depends on how you define sex toy. Okay. So the first sexual product I purchased was aside from porn, um, and erotic novels like tit whipping bitch, which is like <laughs> Ever. And I would carry it around in high school, like pretending I was reading it, but I was actually reading Oscar Wilde, but I was embarrassed of reading literature. So I would carry this around. It's ridiculous. That is so funny. What kind of reactions did you get from people as you were walking around with tit whipping bitch? Like, as your- they would laugh or be like, oh my God, you know, but it was like literature. So, and I was reading. So that was considered like, I don't think teachers, I didn't get in trouble with teachers with that. Um, okay. But you were embarrassed to read Oscar Wilde. Yeah, I just wanted to be a snob. Like right. I wanted, I secretly loved literature, but didn't want to. But then I, I came to terms with that. I became an English major, and so and then I became a little snobby and not dialed it back. So, where most people actually create uh, book covers to hide their erotic <laughs> literature, you <laughs> need the exact opposite. <laughs> You're right. I was doing the opposite. I never thought of it that way. Was this in Florida or when you were still? Yeah. Okay. Okay. It was in Florida. And then I bought like porn, oral black slut, pray she's not thinking of you. I remember that being the um, title. We just thought it was an interesting title. Um, it was bizarre. Everyone in it was white. Um, and it, it was very confusing. Oh. There was a lot of like racially charged porn. This was in the 90s. I mean, there still is today. I'm not yeah. to say it hasn't changed. Um, I think it's gotten a little better. But, um, but anyway, so my first sex uh, product was secret nipple drops which I bought because I love the name. It sounded poetic to me. <laughs> um, and you put them on your nipple and they were like flavorful. So if a guy like sucked your nipples, he would taste it. Mm. I never used them sexually. I would mm-hmm. keep them in my car. So that when people <laughs> would open the glove compartment, they'd be like, what's this? Um, you, and then my, <laughs> excuse me, officer. Hold on. Let me go ahead and get my <laughs> registration and insurance out. Oh, I have this thing of secret. I promise. Drops. I don't have a gun. I just have yeah. nipple drops. Yeah. <laughs> Take uh, this home to your wife. Uh, I'm happy to go with a warning. Thank you. <laughs> I did get a lot of warnings. Actually, there were police officers are weird. I don't know if this happened to you when you were a teenager. I was with my friend once and like speeding or doing something wrong, and he just made us come out of the car looked us up and down, said, you girls are cute. You have nice dresses and then let us go. Oh, that's creepy. It is, but, but it's on the like low end of like the kind of crap. He was probably new at the job and was testing his boundaries. I mean, Mm. you know, I bet you're right. And now Uh, he's, he's probably, you know, full on getting you out of the car and do you know those other crazy things that mm-hmm. you know we don't really yeah. want to talk about yet in a show? <laughs> no, no, we'll move on from that. So the first uh, sex toy I bought was the G two mini massager, aka Pocket Rocket by Doc Johnson. Oh yeah, yeah, really yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, the classic. This was nineteen ninety nine. I was nineteen years old. It's like I keep holding. It's like this big, just two AA batteries, I believe. 
hard white plastic, doesn't even look that phallic, perfect, mm -hmm. gave orgasms every time, loved it. Mm -hmm. so that was my first. Yeah, what was your first, Emily? Um, so my first was, I think I was probably about 19 also. Ooh. Um, I went to, you know, the, the, the local store in Peoria, it was called Swingers World. And I went with, you know, my, my, it would, it would be a common place that my girlfriends and I would end up after a night out. Cause it was just, it was always open and it was entertaining. So, um, my, my, one of my closest friends and I were like, I think it's time for us to get one of these, you know? So we both picked out, picked out a vibrator and the one that I got was hot pink, it looked like a real penis. Oh wow! You know, Ooh. and a, and you know, not a nice, a very nice, attractive, well sized, but not too large penis. So it was. I went. I went for the real, the real deal. Like what I thought was the real. You know. So there I mean, weren't but. any laws that kept you from being in that shop at age nineteen. Was it an eighteen, or eighteen I, place, or I mean, I did, honestly, or do they really enforce it? I honestly don't know the answer. I, okay. I definitely was getting into bars at a young age and there was not a lot of carding going on. So it was just not uncommon for me to go to places where I wasn't supposed to. Okay. And and I think just because I had a comfortable I was comfortable about it. Like And you didn't it make any of the other customers uncomfortable because you behaved like an a Right. Adult. Right. So okay. yeah. So and then she went for one that was also very similar, a slightly different shape. Like hers had like balls. Mine oh. did not have balls. Oh. So I was a little like, well, that's that's a little more than I'm ready for. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was fascinated in the book. Not I'm not wasn't aware of all of the restrictions to yeah. sex toys. And like when Seriously. Yeah, like when did it finally become no longer illegal or are there are there still states that have you know laws on the books that prevent sex toys? Alabama still does. So there's one state and a <laughs> county right outside or um, a city, suburb of Atlanta, Sandy Springs, um, two years ago just ended their ban on sex toys. So in the time that I've moved here, that got overturned. And that was a woman with MS, multiple sclerosis, um, fought this because she wanted a sex toy to increase like sexual yeah. pleasure. And she, she, it ended up getting overturned. But so it's very recent. A lot wow. of the other states, uh, like in 2008, it start, there started to be a bigger shift, but it was like state by state. Um, so it's in the past past decade. It's crazy. I and mean, we're so backwards compared to other countries. Well, we totally are. Totally are. But I think it's yeah. amazing that um, that Alabama still has that law. Yeah. But you could probably you could probably count that like ninety nine point nine percent of every home in Alabama has a sex toy. Yeah, you know, Is, like I mean, a pocket rocket at least. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or exactly. a back massager. Yeah, I, yeah. So. Is that because um, they're like, is it just overly religious there? And they're like, oh, sex is immoral or unless you're trying to conceive or is it really um, a push for against women's liberation and sexual liberation? It's, it's hard to know, like specifically for Alabama, but overall, a lot of these laws have to do with 
women's um, having sex not for procreation. I mean, any sort of sex that's just, that's what abortion law, I think a lot of abortion law and just any or contraceptive law are about women choosing to have sex without, you know, babies. And I think that freaks people out, sex just for pleasure. And so I think a lot of the sex toy laws came from that. I'm curious why that's always on the woman, though, because, I mean, so, you know, a man, if he's putting on a condom, clearly he's not um, trying to procreate. And, you know, so does that mean that the condoms are also not legal in those states? No, there's this horrible double standard about that. And it's the same thing. It's like, you know, ED drugs have been covered by health insurance for like, I think, 20 years now. And vibrators were illegal in almost in like 10 states or more when ED drugs, when Viagra came out and was covered by health insurance in like 98. And Bob Dole is in ads for it. So there's this screwed up double standard. Um, I mean, if you had vibrators covered by health insurance, people, I think, would be really upset now. But yeah, there's this double standard. And yet, you know, there's just a lot of research, research to support just the overall health that you know, having regular blood flow, um, you know, in, in your, you know, vagina, how, how that's good for your overall health, how that's good for sexual health, how that's good for, you know, um, your everything, right? Your personal attitude and just yeah, overall, no, I, right? I, I think, I think you're right there, mm-hmm. Emily. I mean, there science, scientific studies have shown that, um, mm-hmm. what I, What's reading in, in your book, um, Hallie, as well as, you know, what I pay attention to out in, in the world is that there's still such a fear of women having orgasms without a man. So men are afraid they aren't needed, um, that men, women will choose to just, you know, get off with a with a dildo or, you know, a, a pocket rocket or whatever they want to do and not want their man or a man and men have um historically had been the ones that were were that gave the orgasm so they had all this power and (sighs) that's taking that power away from them by letting having a woman become more comfortable and able to dictate when she wants to come (laughs) how she wants to (laughs) come with if she wants to come by herself or, or with somebody else um so it's still again and we've talked about this on the show before. It's like, I don't understand what the fear is of having happy, right. orgasmic women walking around <laughs> in, well, in gonna, society. They're going to want sex. Like, if they're actually having orgasms, that increases your sex drive. Like, you know, if, you know, I've, I've definitely had partners before that didn't really care whether or not I had an orgasm. And my sex drive, they're directly reflect was reflectant upon how satisfied I was sexually and so you know guys if you want your ladies to really want it well then you I, know I, I think it also goes back to what messages are we are we telling you know and this again I'm hoping this is just generational and that when like the the boomers and the you know the world war ii goes and the boomers go and then it's you know this us that xers and on that it won't be as as um, as taboo, su- such so taboo. Yeah, you know, I, um, because so many of them just were offended by um, by the fact that a woman would want to 
or why she would even need an orgasm, right? You know, it's like, why? I mean, it was, um, anyway, that's what I... But this isn't new. I mean, no. uh, vibrators, how, when was the earliest, like, vibrator that's known to date, Hallie? Um, so an electric vibrator earliest, one that plugged in was 1899. Um, other vibrators go back to, like, the early 1800s, like 1700s. I mean, we had vibrators like hand cranked, steam power. Yeah, but they weren't marketed in as sexual a way, but there was still some sexuality. So when we look at electric vibrators, like from the early uh, 1900s, like 1800s, they, um, they did come with dildo attachments. You usually had to send away from it for them. So they didn't come with them usually, but you paid one fifty or two dollars, which was a lot then. Um, but they weren't necessarily seen as threatening to men um, because I think they were sold as health goods, and so the sexual uses were veiled. But dildos from the beginning were threatening, and you'll see poems like in the seventeen hundreds with men being afraid their lover will leave them from a dildo and little what? like really uh, yeah. People are freaked. I mean, men and women are insecure. Yeah. And, and it's like women are very insecure about porn and uncomfortable with porn. And men, some men have the whole sex toy thing is like their version of porn, like that, that fear. Wow. Uh, Interesting. Oh, it's fascinating. Oh it's stimulating. <laughs> it's so stimulating. I, I I continue to you know devour the book, and uh, one of the things that um, one of the ideas that came through that I made a note here, and I made plenty of notes, was uh, you talk about you know repression, like sexual repression related to masturbation, and how that still even in the like the nineteen seventies was still a, a problem. And I don't know if it is today. I, don't, I mean, I, um, and you, uh, cause I haven't finished the book. I apologize. <laughs> I, you know, I was busy oh, taking no. notes, but what, what are your, what are your thoughts on, um, or can you expand on that some? Yeah. So, um, well though, I think we're a lot more comfortable with masturbation now than we were then, but I think there still is kind of, there's still some stigma around masturbation. Um, women's masturbation, like the stigma has been stronger until recently. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking about how in pop culture, it was acceptable, you know, you would see scenes of men masturbating and stuff like that, and not as many scenes of women masturbating. That's starting to change. And um, do you attribute that to things like the rabbit becoming a part, like, you know, the rabbit and sex in the city and more entertainment, um, normalizing it? Or yeah, what, what do you attribute that to? That's definitely um, a part of it, I think. Um, so I attribute it a little bit to that. I think that there's sex positive feminism has kind of won in, in third wave feminism. And so more people are comfortable talking about uh, masturbation. But yeah, in pop culture, in pop songs, and like Carly Rae Jepsen's Party of One, um, there's lots of stuff like that, but you know, sex in the city is an interesting case cause they popularized the rabbit vibrator. But if you actually like analyze, look at that episode closely, it's portrayed in a negative way. Mm. It's like, um, 
Charlotte needs to gets addicted to the vibrator and has to get right. it or else she can't be in a relationship with a guy. It's like diametrically opposed. That's exactly right. what the men are afraid of. So they wrote an episode, exactly. but was it, I mean, isn't it mostly written by a man at that point in time? Uh, Sex in the City? Um, yeah. I think so. Yeah. And so, um, so yeah, so there was that kind of thing and that I think we're going away from that. Um, a little bit for sure. But I was, so I was just in Las Vegas on a girl's trip with my best friend, one of my best friends. And we went to a sex toy store. We were drunk. Um, we had just seen a bunch of male strippers and gone, um, gone, did some gambling. Um, and anyway, so we were, I was like, she do- actually doesn't have any sex toys. I was like, are you kidding? How, how is this? How have you lived? Yeah. Have you been yeah, my friend exactly. and you don't have any sex toys? How have exactly. I been such a bad friend that I haven't gotten I, I you a sex like, toy yet? <laughs> yeah. I was personally like upset, offended. So I was like, we need to get you one. So we go in there and um, the lady helps us. And I was suggesting like Hitachi magic wand or mm-hmm. these like, you know, rabbit types. And she's like, no, I don't want anything that will scare my husband. And the Hitachi magic wand is so large mm-hmm. that um, I am afraid that he will be intimidated by it. So I'm going to get something really small. And so the woman um, suggested something really small, like a little bit bigger than a bullet. And I thought, this is crazy to me. Yeah. In the 21st century, she's still afraid um, that her husband will, will be you emasculated. Know, yeah. Emasculated. Right. Yeah. Well, um, you know what could be a good option for her? Um, they could get like an at-home kit where they cast his penis and turn wow. it into a vibrator. That's really fun to do. And then, you know, it's hard for him to feel bad if she's playing with his penis. You're right. Have you done that before? I I've have. always wanted to. Okay. Oh my God, it's so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. And it it works really it works really well. You know, the biggest I do your research because there's different kits out there. I think the biggest problem with the kit that I got, I really liked it. The product feels good, like the material that was casted, it feels good and it was a very good representation. Um I interestingly enough, the um the uh it didn't have enough of the material to fill the Oh, that one for the, your cast? For the oh cast I did. That must have been a huge penis. It was. A, so that's a good thing. But then, yeah. um, you know, in a way, but, you know, they should have more. They should have, I think, more of the. Yeah. Or, right? or you could buy like extra large, you know, you could buy yeah. like small, medium, large. Yeah, I think that, know, that would be, or, you know, you, maybe they don't call it small. You know, maybe they call it like <laughs> average or something, you know, yeah. but, um, and, you know, do a pre-measure. It, but also then the vibrator that fits inside the mold, I think could be a little bigger because it doesn't oh. go all the way to the tip. It's more just like at the base. At the base. So wow. like, but but still, I mean, a really good solid start at something that could be fun for them to both engage with, you know. And um, it's it's a fun it, just the act of doing it's a good time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I would I wanted to say on um, when you're talking about like more of this material or a better vibrator, what I've came from the book was, you know, these people weren't interested in the beginning on using high quality materials. Ooh. And some yeah. of the stuff in the beginning, I mean, I'm afraid, like, how, d- why people didn't die from some of the um, materials that they were putting inside Seriously. 
Like toxic materials? Yeah, like toxic materials. Just because they wanted to do something cheap. And since it was illegal, right? They Yes. Nobody's regulating it. Well, well, that's one of the problems. Yeah, in the beginning, it was like, it was two things. It was one, it was illegal, so it wasn't regulated. And also because it was illegal, if you bought something at a sex toy store, well, they were like porn sex toy store, and it didn't work, or it smelled really bad. Some of these smelled, had these horrible odors. You wouldn't return it or call the consumer protection mm. agent. You're embarrassed. Mm-hmm. And in the, I think a lot of these companies were banking on the fact that they knew that wouldn't happen. So you could sell a crappy sex toy to someone and you could still be making money because you could keep selling them. And it, we didn't have Amazon that would review. Where you can't get away with that now. But so they could sell them and they were in these like dusty bins in the back of sex toy shops as well. I mean, or porn shops. Like it was just not high quality. It was just like, if you could find one good, you know, and that was it. It wasn't going to work well. It wasn't going to look great. It may look like just, you know, an ugly old, you know, penis, but that was what was available and you had no choice. And yeah, no, it was really bad. And there were lawsuits. There were vibrators. I think a vibrator, like something perforated someone's cervix or something. I don't know. There were, there were some lawsuits. Um, but I, yeah. So don't, I'm so can't pro- prosecute that in Alabama. <laughs> yeah. um, so I'm glad we've really improved. I mean, that's one of the great things in the history of sex toys is we've improved the materials. Well, and then, so at the same time, these people are using cheaper materials or, or bringing something to product, right? Or to market, bringing a product to market for folks, because there was a, there was a, a craving for a sex, sex toys for information for and so these guys were just giving out whatever that it was that people would buy and so at the same time that they were maybe not as um, uh, healthy in their choices of materials they still were doing a really great service to our country to you know a citizens of our country or our sexual history because if they had not taken that chance where would we be today? We probably wouldn't even have our podcast called Clearly Speaking. Mm-hmm. You know, we would probably, you know, just be drinking wine by ourselves and talking in small circles, you know. I, I do suspect that the name of our podcast does make it more difficult for people to find. They, well, that's because they always, they always spell it anatomically. But even so, oh. like, even, even so, like, you know, well, I, when I we think, were like yeah. making our Facebook page, we right. had, we couldn't call it, you know, when they're like your at page, you know, we could title it yeah. literally speaking the podcast, but for the at section, you know, like when Facebook wants you to, we could not use literally. They were like, no, they're like unacceptable word, unacceptable. We had to go see speak podcast. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's mm-hmm. messed up. I mean, that's, uh, I don't know if you've seen the thing that's happening right now with the MTA protests and a metropolitan transit authority. Yeah. I did. Yes. Yeah. That is crazy. Why don't yeah. you share a little bit about that? Because I'm not sure everyone's going to know. know it. Yeah. What's going yeah, on? Yeah. So, um, so two companies who I love and I know, um, one, uh, Dame products who makes the um, Eva, which is sort of like a Wee Vibe competitor, but it's um, it's different. So, are you familiar with the Wee Vibe? No, I think so. But go ahead and tell us some more. Okay, so the Wee Vibe is worn internally during sex, and it has um, a, it comes out and has like this clitoral stimulator, so you can be penetrated and stimulated. 
So is it like fit around the penis? No, it like fits inside the vagina. It's almost like a um, Pac-Man thing. Oh, it, okay. I, I get it. I get the idea now. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And I think for some people it works well. For me, it doesn't, but my vagina just doesn't work for them. That's that. But anyway, so this company, Dame, who makes one that you wear <coughs> on your clitoris, um, this to be like during intercourse, and it's held in place by these little wings that fit under your labia. Um, mm. It's really interesting. Anyway, they tried to advertise that product on the. Um, Subway in New York and in um, Metropolitan Transit Authority rejected their ads. Now, on the face of it, it could be like, oh, well, of course, they're sexually repressed. But at the same time, there are ads for HIMS, which sells ED drugs, <laughs> um, all over the subway. And they're not like understated ads. They have giant like bananas. I mean, if you go to New York, I was just in New York and saw these everywhere, giant bananas, um, giant cacti, like all these things that are super phallic. And the MTA said this was okay, but sex toy ads were obscene. I mean, this is like uh, a few months ago. Sex toy ads for women. Sex toy ads for women, exactly. So Unbound is another um, company, both are women-run companies who tried to advertise on the subway and got rejected. Um, and in both had like more tasteful ads than hymns and were rejected. So they did a protest, I believe it was last week or the week before, um, protesting this in New York. And they've set up a website that shows like what's considered acceptable by the MTA, which is men's ads and what's unacceptable, which is ads for women. It's this crazy double standard that still exists. It's like the Laura DiCarlo thing, like having Mm -hmm. her on your podcast. It's very similar to that. Oh my gosh. Yeah, there's, I mean, it, it's funny, how, or it's not funny, but when I, you know, I thought we would have come a lot further in the last 50 years since, um, you know, 1969, you know, 70, 70, like the sexual revolution and the liberation. Um, but reading your, you know, your book, it's like, we're still fighting some of the same battles. Maybe we're, maybe we're a little further ahead on it, but I guess the thing to think about is like, we don't, we certainly don't want to regress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it kind of seems like we are, I mean, we are, we've won some of the battles, like, like the um, feminist dildo wars, uh, where like feminists in the seventies were against dildos because they yeah. were symbols of the patriarchy. Feminists are pro dildo now. Yeah. So that battle is going on. So that's like okay. a little micro battle. Um, in the culture as a whole, whole, I think that sex toys have for women have become more acceptable. Um, but they're still the the way that they're acceptable is like a lot of times they're imbued with like typical gendered values like the man's supposed to like wear it on his penis so that he's still providing pleasure there's mm-hmm. still a lot of that mm-hmm. or they keep it so. in their drawer by the bed exactly <laughs> I, that's what i thought in my, yeah know. yeah well that was you know several years ago many moons ago yeah. but also like your friend who still was concerned about buying a sex toy that didn't offend her husband yes. you know and this is this is 2019 mm-hmm. it, it was shocking. And we had seen so many male strippers by that point. And I had started an argument accidentally with her husband because I posted pictures of myself getting a lap dance at Chippendales <laughs> to Instagram and Facebook because it's like not weird for me to post things like that. People are used to it. And then she gets this text from her husband like, I don't know what Hallie is allowed to do in her relationship with Eric, who's mm. my boyfriend. 
but certainly you can't do that. Allowed oh. to do. <laughs> allowed to do oh my gosh so i'm curious if he's ever been out to the strip club with the guys that's interesting and i don't know but like yeah my thought would be if his that was his reaction then he has been Mm -hmm. to the strip clubs with the guys because he's projecting onto her what his behavior would have been yeah yeah um, let's yeah. take a quick break. We're going to yeah. uh, put some more wine in our this delicious great. wine in our glasses. Yeah. And um, we will be right back. And we're back. We are. Thank you so much for uh, uh, letting me, obliging me just a little bit there to get some more wine, adjust the headphones. Yeah, you on needed my a head. little ear massage there. Yeah, I did. Some I didn't ear have, pleasure. I didn't have it um, much, <laughs> much like a dildo. If you don't have it in the right spot, something's gonna hurt, right? So uh, yeah, my ears feel a lot better now because I adjusted the headphones. Good. Um, so yeah. I, I can actually, you know, pay. Pay really close attention to our conversation. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you once again, Hallie, for joining us. This is so much fun. Total um, fun. Yeah. Total fun. So um, a couple gems that I wanted to uh, talk about real quick from your book um, was the uh, the evolution, sort of like you started and you were like talking about, you know, the development here and the and, and, and then the sex toys and then the, the dildo and the vibrator and then then they just started making whatever, like pencil erase or penis <laughs> erasers. <laughs> You know, yeah. and it was all novelty stuff because, you know, that's how it had to be sold so they wouldn't go to jail. But I, I just got a huge laugh when you were on the chapter about the uh, blow-up doll. And there still have blow-up dolls. I mean, Laura DeCarlo talked about it at yeah, this, this well, year's, Yeah, well, they've gotten more sophisticated you know, now, um, right? Yeah. yeah. One, of the, one of the paragraphs in here talked about one, that the advertisement for the blow-up doll was, I was like a perfect wife because it won't say anything. It doesn't talk back. It's always warm, always willing for sex. And I was like, this is really horrible. Yeah. Are horrible. blow-up dolls really warm? I, I don't know. I that I don't know. And then the thought that I mean, reading in there that um that they do make you know male blow up dolls. Yes. Oh. Okay. So you'd I mean you'd have to always be on top. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I guess you could. Yeah. I mean, it depends on how much it weighs. It's like you could go like this, <laughs> right? But, you know, They're pretty like, heavy from what it's like, like a lot of work, right? Yeah. Like it's well, some, yeah, some, Sometimes the nice thing about being on bottom is you could just take a rest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what was that? There was that series on HBO, and I don't remember what, Real Sex or something yeah, like that, yeah. right? And they did a whole segment on these dolls. They've, like, evolved from blow-up dolls to, like, life-size, like, realistic-looking dolls with human hair and, and all that stuff, Do right? you notice that women aren't nearly as worried about men, like, not needing us if they have these blow-up dolls? I'm like, yeah. where do I get one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let me get a couple. You know, here you go, hon. It's, 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 it's this blow-up doll's night. But it's, um, I, I remember seeing, like, they're, they're incredibly lifelike, but they're quite heavy from what I've yeah. seen. So, like, the idea of, yeah, I think with the the male version, it's pretty much 
took three ladies to get it into place, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, one of the things that made me laugh out loud was when I read the St. Louis connection to <laughs> the, sec- the blow up doll. And um, I don't, I, I don't want to like read from the book, but can you tell, talk about that at all? You mean the one where the he's, research he's playing with the doll, like the, the, the market research, the market research the guy. Yeah. The friend. What time yeah, period yeah. is this? This would be um, seven, late seventies, late, late sixties, early seventies. I believe, like around that period. Yeah, it was and this guy Malaris. Yes, Farley Malaris, yeah. and uh, he he had been uh, importing these blow up Judy dolls from uh, China, I believe, and he wanted to test them out in the U.S. So. He got one of his friends who live in, in St. Louis. He said, here, uh, here's a doll, test it out, have sex with it, see, uh, see how you like it. And the guy was drunk when he tested it out, as many people are when they're using blow-up dolls. I would assume, <laughs> don't know about the research on it, just guessing. And um, so he had sex with the blow-up doll, and it popped oh and started God. to deflate. He was so mad. He started beating it up. Oh, my God. <laughs> out of anger and sexual frustration. Then he threw it out his window. Oh, God. Uh, and he was in an apartment building high up, and it went into <sighs> oncoming traffic, and people started swerving around, <laughs> thinking it was like a real human being. <laughs> oh, my God. It almost caused like a car accident, which is insane. Um but you but know, on the on the flip side, you know, thankfully St. Louisans are we're you know we're ready to move our cars out from a falling human from a high rise. You know, we're we're, right. we're we're good humans like that. I, I just, <laughs> they didn't just like run over it. Um, but, you know, it sounds kind of like that's kind of gorilla ish behavior. Yeah, you know, like Ugh, I couldn't get off Ugh, out the window. She deflated yeah. on me. She- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, it is very, very like caveman y mm-hmm. behavior. And I mean, with real dolls now, they don't deflate. So you wouldn't get as angry. Um, <laughs> plus, they weigh 90 pounds. So if you threw, I think, 80, 90 pounds, if you threw that yeah. out the thing, I mean, you would probably like it would smash through uh, somebody's uh, car. car. So no one do that at home. If you have a real doll and you're angry, don't throw it out the window. Right. Just. Put her in a closet or something. <laughs> yeah, put her back in her coffin. They come in these disturbing-looking coffin-like oh. things. Just put her back, put her in the closet. That's another thing about these dolls, though, is, like, it's hard to hide them. Like, the right. block doll, you could deflate, but the real doll, like, someone could open your closet and see it and shriek. Right, right. It's a, a little... Um, sci- reminiscent of Psycho, or, you know... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, I'm excited about the market for male sex dolls for women. I've talked to, for articles I've written, I've talked to inventors about this and they they do exist. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is this kind of like right now, most of the male sex dolls are made for gay men, not women. Oh, really? I, yeah. And I mean, sometimes they'll add like, and for women, but it's like so obvious that, you know, it's for gay men. It has Why? like, you know, a vibrating anus or something. Oh, okay. Got it. 
So yeah. that so the so, so the yeah. um, special um, effects are are designed for it's, yeah, yeah. You instead know, of like I, a vibrating I, tongue I, I, or 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 a pre-programmed man who will tell you that you look lovely today. <laughs> yes, yes, that would be great. And and everything that you said earlier tonight at dinner was just so intelligent, oh, and you're yeah. just you're just the most remarkable <laughs> thing. Or the I agree person. with you, yeah. honey. Oh yes, honey. Yeah. That's the that's yeah. the smartest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> That would be like what um, a female, you know, a, a sex doll for a, a woman would uh, right should have should include as one of the features. Can you pour a glass of wine? That's what I want to know. Right, and yeah. then rub your feet. Yes, <laughs> and I would like him to say, "I was wrong. I am yes. wrong." That would be perfect. I would make him feel really good. You'd fuck him all I the mean, time, then, wouldn't you? You're like, I, yes, that's going to inspire an orgasm right there. You know? Yeah, that would. Definitely. <laughs> so speaking of like great, the great, uh, you know, these new inventions that are on the market and this one that we're creating right now. Hypothetical. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what are some of your favorites throughout the research that you've done? What are some highlights? So highlights, my favorite of all time is, or my favorite right now is the Magic Wand Rechargeable. It's made by Hitachi. They took their name off of it. Because they're a huge company yeah. that makes all My, sorts of things. microwaves. <laughs> exactly. And like, I think they make nuclear uh, power plant stuff. So this is a wow. small part of their business. Took it off, but that was redesigned with help from a woman, the woman who helped import the rabbit vibrators. Mm. Um, so, and I write about this in my book. She, uh, she's really awesome. Her mother was the one who came up with importing her mother's Japanese, um, came up with importing them from Japan in the eighties, but she got them to improve the regular magic wand. Are you familiar with those? Yes. I don't have uh, one. I don't have one either, yeah, but no, I've heard so yet. many good things. I've yeah. always, do you have a group on yeah. for it or something like that? <laughs> we could borrow? Wish, yeah. Um, you should probably get have, like, like a discount. You should probably like, they should send you some sample boxes. They should. Well, actually one, um, I wrote this article on sex toys and then the editor for quartz and the editor's like, uh, we got a big box of sex toys in the mail for you. Um, <laughs> awesome. but I, like they, they kept, I said they could keep it because I already had the ones they got. Mm. Um, but <laughs> anyway, so like the original magic wand, which you can get is plug in. Um, that's the old school. One, right. One that, yeah. And that's the one that you, yet again, kind of like referenced to Sex in the City. That's the one that Samantha got, right? And she was like, hooked it up to the baby chair to make the baby chair vibrate when the, yeah. right? Like it's that, it's like got a big round cylindrical, right, on the end that's that vibrates. Yeah. And I, I've known a lot of women who um, like have been able to have like squirting orgasms with oh. that. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I was just talking to a male stripper for my other research, for my gigolo research. I know. I can't wait to read that book. <laughs> Do you need me to be like an editor or like a pre a, a beta reader or anything like that? Feel free. <laughs> Maybe. I'm, I'd be I happy to. Up on that. Yeah, I'm happy to do um, that. And he was he was a stripper at Hustler, um, like in Las Vegas, and. The first time he was asked to do sexual services for a woman, this woman wanted, can I say anything on the podcast? Yeah, you can say anything. You can say anything. Okay, this woman wanted to be fingered. Okay. Well, her husband was watching in the VIP booth. Whoa. Wow. I know. And he fingered her 
And I believe this was Guido the Torpedo. Oh I was talking to. That was his stage name. Sorry, I can't say that without laughing. Uh, but he was like a humorous stripper. But anyway, he fingered her and she squirted everywhere. Wow. Like, That's a guy got, with skills. I guess, yeah. But yeah. anyway, he didn't present it that way. He used to present it as he was embarrassed because he was new at the club and he had like liquid on him. <laughs> and he came out and the guys were like, oh man, she squirted on you. <laughs> It's so bizarre. The best compliment in the world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, um, I mean, like, it, yeah. For, oh, go on. I mean, I was just going to say, if there was a toy that could do that consistently, I mean, I, yeah, I would, I would consider that a regular go-to. Yeah. Yeah. Emily wouldn't you, keep it in a drawer. It would just be under, it would just, just be, be underneath right the, there by the, the pillow. <laughs> Actually, she, she'd tell her fiance, you know, just... You know, just just move over. You know, you're too close. I've got you. Leave room for leave room for my Guido. My, Guido the, the destroyer. Guido. <laughs> Guido the destroyer. Um, oh, can you squirt? I'm not capable of that. Oh, I think we all are. Oh, really? Okay. I do. I do. It's a t- so it's a technique, right? There's an actual yeah. technique that makes it happen. And I had never had it happen until yeah, a few years ago. And um. Oh, wow. And I had no idea what was about, I mean, what was about to happen. What I did know was happening was like the best orgasm of my life. And it was really building and building and building. And then it happened. And it was like the most ethereal feeling, like you're out of body and in the body at the same time. And it's just, uh, yeah, incredibly... um, I've been chasing it ever since. I mean, it's like, wow. it's it's one of those kinds of orgasms. And um, and so there is a very specific technique and um, and you can, like I've, I've taught, um, you know, a partner how to do it. And, um, and it, it works very consistently. So I have a DVD on it. I'll have to share that with you. Yes, please yeah. do. Because that might be like a new like fall project to learn how to mm-hmm. do. Like some people learn how to knit. I'll learn how to squirt. <laughs> yeah, but I, yeah, but I also want to, I, I, I want to say that if you don't ever have a squirting orgasm, that's okay too. Yeah. You know, like I, I don't like us to set out like the, the Nirvana, the, you know, that what heaven is, you know, for (laughs) like you have to get to there. And then you, I mean, there are, there are women who've, who've yet to orgasm, um, who haven't learned how to masturbate themselves orgasm, or they don't know that when they were touching themselves that how they felt that that was an orgasm. So I I wouldn't want to to intimidate anybody by like, Oh man, you know, I haven't ever, or I haven't ever squirted. So I'm a failure. You're not. You're not a failure. You're just, your body is going to do what it's going to do. The best thing you can do, though, is explore it and welcome and cherish and love it in mm-hmm. all of its forms, you know. And I think mm-hmm. that... Um, That's a good point. If, you're, if, you, if you've been one of those percentage of women who've squirted, <laughs> then, you know, by all means... <laughs> Don't, you know, talk, talk to your girlfriends about it. Don't right. be embarrassed. Say this is what he or she did to me that that led to that orgasm. When you are also talking with your partner or try this toy or whatever, you know, you might get there too. So, I mean, uh, this is one of the best things about our podcast and about the women we talk to is, you know, we just, if you continue to share knowledge, mm-hmm. you can get, you can 
um, benefit from it in a, in a number of ways. So right, I'm not not to you know rain on squirting parade or anything. I just wanted <laughs> oh, to, I just nice wanted to verb. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted oh. to um, you know. Shout out to all my sisters out there who haven't squirted. haven't squirted yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or you know, or may yeah. not. Whatever, or yeah. may not. So I'm sorry, I kind of interrupted you because you were talking about squirting, okay. and then of course I got all, all right. excited. So yeah, yeah. Um, so, but squirting FOMO, we don't want that. Yes, exactly. Right. No, I'm I'm totally on board with that. Everyone has different, you know different levels that they get to sexually and being jealous of, you know, not getting somewhere orgasmically, that's not the way to go. Like explore your own body. It's all different. Find pleasure where you can. Any pleasure is wonderful and, you know, take it. But anyway, so magic wand rechargeable. Great. It's got a silicone head instead of a vinyl one, which the regular Mm -hmm. magic wand has. Mm -hmm. Um, it has a, multiple speeds, which the other one doesn't really great motor. Amazing. Will last you forever. That, and that will, that is what Betty Dodson in the sixties used to train non-orgasmic women. That's what she, or no, they called them pre-orgasmic. Some people did. Yeah. I like, I like that is pre-orgasmic. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. A really, very, it's positive. A very positive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. And so a lot of, um, and there was this U- at university of California, San Francisco, where they did orgasm workshops and trained women how to have orgasms and masturbate. They use uh, magic wands. So it's got this storied history um, which is one of the reasons I like it. But the main reason I like is, is it gives reliable orgasms. No matter how stressed out I am, I can get an orgasm from the magic wand. And uh, that is amazing. Does it come so. with two-day shipping on Amazon? Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm going to get my phone out right now. So it doesn't, payday is coming up. I yeah. think I'll, I'll be buying me one of those. Yeah, they're not. That's a good point, though. They're not, like, super cheap, but the investment is worth it. Right. I the the My favorite um, uh, toy or whatever, implement, whatever you want to call it, yeah. um, that I got. Pleasure provider. Um, pleasure, pleasure, right. Um, that I got actually... Um, died on me which is very sad um, because it was also an investment you know it was one of those that was not inexpensive but it was designed for more g-spot stimulation I don't know the way that it vibrated was um, not as aggressive it felt like you know how like the Chinese balls like those ones that you like um, massage your hand with that like kind of like the way they kind of ding on it's the like inside, a kind of yeah, thing. it was. It, it almost had that a very similar kind of yeah vibration to that, and I, and it was a rechargeable one too. But at some point, like the recharging, the magnetic recharger just stopped working, which is really unfortunate. Yeah, it's so, awfully selfish of them. I know to make it like it might break someday. Right. Yeah, they, I agree. It so, was probably made by a man. So probably. Yeah. So you have to buy another so, one. So yeah. So I, I'm, I, you know, I'm in need of a new one. So I will have to look at the, uh, the, ma- the new magic wand. Yeah. The rechar- yeah. Of rechargeable. Of course, there's the new Lord of Carlos. That's kind of becoming yeah. mm-hmm. When does that come out? Do you uh, know? Like in the fall. Soon. Yeah. Very, very soon. Yeah. I, mean, I definitely are, want that. Are you on? Uh, have you like registered on her newsletter? So you, so that way I you mean, get you'll get the first opportunities to purchase if you're on the on her newsletter. Mm-hmm. So I will be doing that tonight. Then yeah. some yeah. of um, the some of the toys I've seen out there have like a sucking quality. Have oh, you yes. ever tried any of those? Yes. 
Yeah. I've got a womanizer, which has been, have you heard about that one? No. It's been controversial because of the name. I was going to say, yeah. Yeah. And so people were like, this is a terrible name, but it's a great toy. I would agree with uh, that, that it's, it's a good toy. Um, they, they have these sucking things. It's weird. It's almost like a vacuum for your clit somewhat. Mm-hmm. Like you put it over, like you kind of like pull back the clitoral hood and then stick the suction on there. And they have different size for different clitoris. Like it comes with, um, or clitori. I don't know, clitorises. We say, um, yeah. What do you say? Well, I was going to say we say clitorati, but that's something different. <laughs> that's a totally different thing. <laughs> totally different yeah. thing, yeah. But I would, I would guess I would say clitori because it is a... Clitori? Yeah, I would say because it, it's probably a Latin word. Yeah. Okay. Clitorises. Clitorises. Many clitoris. There we go. Okay. Yeah, so they have like different size ones. Um, so that's nice that they come with it. And it's almost, uh, you know, it creates a suction and sucks in your clitoris. It's almost like the penis pump thing for a man. Yeah. Right. And um, it has, it, it feels good. It's a completely, it's not my thing. Like I can have an orgasm with it. I have to be in the mood for it. It's a different sensation. It's a different orgasm. Yeah. Um, some women love it. Some women, it's like the best thing ever. So it's worth, worth depending on like what, how your body is, it might be your favorite thing ever. It's not mine, but I'd like to have it in the rotation. Isn't it amazing that clitoris is so fascinating because most people are familiar, of course, with just the one little spot, but the clitoris is an organ that actually like goes up inside and like, it's much, uh, there's, it's much better bigger and expansive. Yeah. Yeah, It covers more of the anatomy than you would think. And what is amazing is that there are all different kinds of orgasms that a woman can have, which is really awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So to your your point, Michelle, earlier, like explore them all. Right. Right. Because the one thing that I have, um, one of my mantras is is you can't orgasm when you're dead. So you might as well orgasm as often as you possibly can while you're yeah. alive while you I mean you know if you need to go religious on it God gave you the ability to orgasm enjoy it right yeah I mean if you have I to think, have an excuse and, and I think bringing up like that health thing um related to I'm going up to visit a friend who has stage four cancer actually in um visiting her this week Sorry. and oh goodness yeah and it's I bought her a vibrator okay oh, oh so, good uh, um but like still having orgasms even like cancer patients and things like that like still bringing pleasure in your life there's actually she's in Madison Wisconsin and there's actually a sex toy store in Madison that made a vibrator for people with cancer um like designed something that would be like a little little less aggressive or like yeah. a, just a little a little kinder a little more gentle to, yeah. get, to take you there yeah no that's really good because one of the things that you know and I'm, I'm a cancer survivor five years oh, now oh, and um one of the right. one of the things I would tell your friend is to surround yourself 
with um, living positive, you know, sexual, you know, have have sex, go out to the botanical gardens, be around things that are alive. Because if she's going through chemo or doing anything like that, it's like you know you're you're pulling a poison into your body, which is yeah. just killing things. So if you can balance it out and go and be surrounded with with love and with positive, and go go to the garden, have an orgasm have have connection with people that can help counteract and and I'm not a doctor and you should probably qualify this with whatever your physician says but I you know I am a survivor and um, that was one of the important things that you know that I tried to do was to counteract the the negative coming into my body although it was a positive because to cure the cancer with with life so instead of bringing all just death into you, you know, balance it with life. So I think that's fabulous that you're t- bringing, bringing or you know, recommending or bringing her a vibrator. <laughs> so this is a, a little sidebar, but um, over the weekend I saw a film called The Farewell. Oh, oh my God, ladies, it is amazing, and it's a story that I was familiar with because I had actually heard it. I don't know, maybe a few years ago, originally on um, This American Life. And um, the story is, you know, about a family that's, uh, they're Chinese, and the woman who wrote the story is um, Chinese-American and uh, has spent the, mo- the bulk of her life here. But but most of her family's in China. And they found, found out that her grandmother was stage four cancer. And... The family kept it from the grandmother that she was dying. They gave her three months, but they kept it for her. And in China, apparently, they, whenever there's bad news to give, they do give it to a family member, not the person. And part of that reason being is that they consider it, consider it the family's burden to carry the weight of that rather than somebody who is about to die. Mm. Know that that's about what, you know, let them live their, yeah. their last days happy and at peace. And so it's a really different thought process than what we have in the West. But, you know, I, 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 I thought it was really interesting. And um, this is, you know, it's a true story. So they, they, you know, lied to her and the family gathered to say goodbye. But really they, they made a giant ruse of a, a wedding. And so everybody came in um, to celebrate slash say goodbye to their grandmother. Well, she was given this three months to live prognosis. Six years later, she is still living and doing really, really well. And um, and in fact, now um, the movie has come out and, and she's still alive, you know? And they're like, oh my God, the jig is up. She's going to find out, you know? So, um, but it's interesting, like to your point, Michelle, like it's, you know, having this positive energy and surrounding yourself with light, like not enlightened life, like, you know, not letting, uh, not letting the poison overtake you, you know, can be extremely powerful. It is totally powerful. And I think when we, if we tie this back into our conversation about orgasm and, and sex toys and, mm-hmm. and how it makes people feel, um, just imagine how, what a more happier world we would be living in if people were having orgasms mm-hmm. on a regular basis, whether they were self-induced or with a partner or, you know, you know, what, however, in a dream, in a dream, <laughs> in a like, dream yeah. but like, you know, it's a release and it's, it's, uh, it's part of your natural makeup. And mm-hmm. I, I just think that, um, 
you know, whatever we can do to make things accessible, whether it's a, a, a toy, a, a piece of erotic literature, or a, 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 a porn that mm-hmm. is what you're interested in to get you to that place. And by all means, you know, do it. And, and, and I, one of the thoughts that I had, and, and I don't want us to get like way political or anything on this show, but were, you know, I was reading the book and um, reflecting on like when Nixon, he had an obscenity, uh, an obscenity commission. And I know he said, so long as I'm in the White House, there'll be no relaxation of the national effort to control and eliminate smut from American life. And, and there's like all of this repression and, you know, uh, a shaming of it. Right. And so I was, I was thinking, would, could this prevailing attitude from the 1968-69-70 be one of the reasons we're having so much problem with acceptance um with moving forward with uh because the, because the people that the majority of the people that are in congress were 20 22 23 at 24 at this time of their lives when when that was the prevailing attitude and we still have those people making decisions and i just that just came to me and i'm not sure if you thought about that at all or considered it or or if i'm uh, way off off oh i've thought of it in terms of like the president and stuff like that and um yeah i mean i thought of it in those terms and sort of these antiquated yeah. attitudes about controlling female sexuality. Right. Absolutely. And the obscenity commission wasn't um, about that necessarily, but it was about restricting um, sex and restricting sexual uh, products, including sex toys. And so, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's that kind of attitude that's uh, pervasive. And I think the world would be a happier place if, um, Oh, I think my dog's coming up here. Oh, <laughs> The, the world would be a happier place if more people were having orgasms. I, anytime there's a mass shooting, since we're a little bit political, hey, Lulu, um, I always think, God, if only we could, like, distribute sex toys. <sighs> right, right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, if only more people, like, if we were If it was more, as easy to buy a vibrator and a dildo as it as is it was to a buy a, a, an automatic weapon. Yeah. Wow. How much how much different would yeah. be? Well, Saving I mean, the world one so, orgasm at a time, literally, right, right? Literally. So I guess maybe like something to take with us as we like close up the show today is we're changing attitudes for our children, the kids who are 22, 23 now, right? Mm-hmm. 24, hopefully when they are 40, 50, 60, 70 and are are making decisions because we've because we're part of that, you know, generations that has been part has um, benefited from slow evolution in in uh, societal thinking and cultures that there won't even be a discussion. You'll probably like you'll probably graduate high school, get your diploma and your sex toy as you cross the <laughs> as you cross the stage. I mean, that'll be so accepted and normal that. Um, and and so I'm I'm hopeful I'm hopeful that and I'm hopeful that the people who are and the women and and men who mm-hmm. are listening to our podcast will feel a little bit more curious or I'm going to try this or I'm going to try that mm-hmm. or or reach out and I highly recommend everybody buy uh, this book Buzz. Yeah, I cannot wait to read it. I mean, I'm looking at all of Michelle's notes here. We'll have to just take a picture of this to share because <laughs> it's kind of astounding. She's got like little tabs and marks like. 
Yeah, like because I, I didn't want to mark up the book because it's such a. I mean, you've done such. It's such a pretty book, and I'm kind of an. Oh. I'm kind of like a book nerd like that. Like, oh, look at the design here, and so I didn't want to like mark through it with um, with uh, highlighters and underlining with yeah. pens and stuff because mm-hmm. uh, I wanted to keep it as best I could. But it, now it looks like a. It's it look, been well loved. It looks like it looks like a like a a, a vulva after sex. It's like all this, <laughs> all this, it's it's a little frazzled. Like you know, her hair's all kind of crazy. <laughs> but um, but it's called the name of the book is called Buzz: A Stimulating History of the Sex Toys by Hallie Lieberman. We will have a link to it on our website. Absolutely, um, you are awesome, Hallie. We we love talking to you. We love having you on the show. Yes. I hope we can have another, a couple more episodes with you in the future because there's so much to talk about, and, and especially on your new the new book you're researching about gigolos. Yes, we totally want to. I mean, totally want to have a conversation about that too. Yeah, so. and should you make it to uh, St. Louis on a book tour? Yeah, well, put it on. Put it on your list. Yeah, yeah. Tell your tell your agent you have to come to St. Louis, and we'll we'll have you um, we'll have you over for wine and uh, do it do an episode and stuff like that. So, yeah. All right, that would be awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, Fantastic. thanks so much for joining us. What a delightful conversation. You're a doll. Thank, Thank you. you. It was wonderful being on the podcast. I loved it. All right. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. All right. Cheers with my Mountain Dew. <laughs> <laughs>